0: genuine move everything happening people popping off like people getting healed yeah, yeah. people getting like baptized in the holy ghost right no and one's the saying the word nobody's saying and then a pastor comes and gets i'm like and we're just like god.
1: come on bro god, god.
0: <laughs> welcome to everyone has a podcast refreshing to the body soul and spirit hosted by me ray almeida what's up guys ray here and i am so excited this is the pilot the test the first official episode of the everyone has a podcast podcast this is awesome this is awesome i am joined here this morning by my good friend he wants me to call him alberto so we'll call him (laughs) alberto I don't call him that, but we we'll call name. him... That's my name, that's my name. We'll call him Alberto. Alberto is here with me. He's a worship leader, somebody who's an incredible leader of people. He leads a life group. He is somebody who's so warm, somebody who has so much revelation, so much understanding. Man. And we're excited. He's the first person on our podcast. Thank you for having me, Pastor. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I believe it's going to be an awesome podcast, going to blow up. Come on, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, guys, if you don't know what this podcast is going to be all about. It's going to be called Everyone Has a Podcast. Podcast, And the reason it's called Everyone Has a Podcast is because we know that the market is saturated with podcasts. <laughs> Everybody has a podcast. And here we are, one more raindrop in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what we want to do is we want to have a really good time we want to make a podcast that's actually enjoyable to listen to that's yeah. not boring monotonous full of catchphrases for people to look good we actually want to just have real conversations and enjoy and share and maybe get something good out of this 100 percent, 100 percent. so we good. are excited we're happy this is the pilot episode we're testing this thing out so the real way it's going to work usually it's going to be long format conversations kind of um us talking maybe for an hour try to get some good stuff try to get it out of there and see what we can get you know dig through some of the rubble see if we find yeah. anything see if we can find anything good anything good so this first episode i actually asked our guest i actually asked Neto to bring some topics for us to cover and so he's going to bring some topics and and we're going to talk about it it's going to be a lot of fun we hope that you can join us and welcome to the podcast welcome to the everyone has a podcast dang
1: I see in these these days we're living in. We have a lot of coaches, a lot of mentors, a lot of people talking left and right, TikTok Christians, uh, people everywhere trying to give their own opinions, informations, without really having, I guess the the the, the oomph to back it up. You know what I mean? And the conversation I want to strike with you today is coaches, mentors, and spiritual fathers. Mm, that's I good. want <laughs> I want your your idea of coaches, mentors, and spiritual fathers—the differences, the what is necessary—is our coaches wrong yeah. necessarily? How? What do? You, what is your opinion on those that's, things?
0: That's good. That's really good. I think that that's actually a great topic for us to talk about. I'll be very honest. I had no idea what Neto was going to say. I had no idea what Alberto was going to say in this <laughs> in this episode. So it could have been anything. I, I think this is a good topic for us to cover. I think that we can get something good out of it. Um, but yeah, I think that that this is a good topic because it's something that's current. It's something that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's something that we see all over the place. It's something that we see, especially in Latin American culture. I think today, I think in the U S also, we see this trend that, um, we don't see people called coaches necessarily, but we do see a lot of pastors who are acting like coaches and that's, and, and so that's really what's, what's, what's crazy. But um, I think this is this is awesome. I, I would say like there's definitely a difference between them. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between 100 percent. There's a difference between a coach. There's a difference between a mentor and there's a difference between a spiritual father. And I think that difference is key for us to understand. You see, a coach is somebody who does that. They coach you. What does a coach do? He draws up game plans. He thinks through. He's trying to help you win in a specific situation. That's what a coach is. But you don't, you don't carry a coach into your house. You carry a coach during the game. But then you have mentors. What are mentors? Mentors are people who help guide you. They're people who bring baggage and experience. People who who teach you based on what they have. They have a lot of experience in this. And it's much more than just one situation. It's, it's, it's more. It's a season maybe. It's a few years maybe. But they're going to help you in their life experience, in their knowledge. But then a spiritual father, it's exactly what the name implies. It's a father. It's somebody who's going to be with you to the end of your life. It's somebody who's going to take care of you. It's somebody who's going to really nurture you. It's somebody who's going to be present. Like they they're not, they are not. may not live with you and stay with you, but they're going to be present with you for the rest of your life. My question
1: is, coaches are seen as bad things as Christians, usually. Some Christians say, oh, I love coaches, I have my own coach. Some say coaches are demonic, like mm-hmm. they go as far to say they're demonic and yeah. wrong. Where do you see coaches? Do you see as Christians, as people who, who may have spiritual fathers, who have leadership and everything, is, is coach necessary? Is a coach necessary?
0: Well, like, like I said, a coach, I think that it has to do with a specific situation. When I think about a coach, I think about a game. I think about a football coach, a soccer coach. What is he there to do? He's make, he's there to make sure the team wins. Mm-hmm. So a coach has a usefulness. Where When does a coach have a usefulness? A coach has a usefulness when you get a specific person who has a specific strategy or vision. And that person with a specific strategy or vision is used for a specific purpose and reason. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, let's say that you are a church planner. You're a pastor or you're a businessman yeah. and you want to learn something and you want to learn how to get better at preaching mm-hmm. you can get a guy who's really great at preaching who has a lot of baggage and experience a lot of know-how a lot of ways of teaching and get him to coach you to be a better speaker oh, that's good that's a better good. preacher mm-hmm. and and he's limited he's gonna he's gonna have access into your life f- for preaching he's gonna he's gonna talk into your life uh, and everything that has to do when it's connected to you speaking in public yeah but it's specific It's just that area. It's just that area that he's going to cover. So I think coaches have a place. I don't think that a coach replaces a mentor or a spiritual father. Yeah, because that's what I was going to talk to you about.
1: Coaches now are going to territories of, like, saving marriages, like... Tony Robbins saves marriage in eight minutes. Like mm-hmm. they're going into your family life. They're mm-hmm. going into your spiritual life. Like how is there a limit, a border that they can't cross that they shouldn't be? Cause I understand coaching for preaching and teach like soccer coaching and everything yeah. like that. But when it gets spiritual, where do yeah. we draw the line?
0: My, my thing has always been this, that coaches charge. You're going to pay for a coach. Yeah. 100%. You're going to pay money. All these coaches that are out there, they're not going to give you anything for free. It might give you like a little, but they're not going to give you coaching for free unless it's something specific and and something out of the norm normal. But what coaches will do is they're going to charge. I, I'm big on this, that if if a coach charges to teach you a specific thing, there's no problem. And it could mm-hmm. be any specific thing that you are willing to pay that coach for. Mm-hmm. So it, whatever it could be um, that he has a speciality in, that he can work on, and that he, you are going to pay for his experience. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when we want to make coaches our our spiritual fathers, or we want to make coaches the people who mentor us. The, th- the problem is this: that any relationship that charges you money for is prostitution and so transactional. It, it's transactional and it's prostitution. That's what it is. What What does a yeah. prostitute do? It, it, it charges you for spending time. So it's it's a type. So if I'm charging. a relationship that's not okay wow that's prostitution if i'm charging for a relationship and so a coach should never be seen as somebody i might develop a relationship with the coach but a coach should never be seen as somebody who i have a relationship with i understand a coach he's going to do xyz this is my purpose this is it in this we can develop a relationship but i shouldn't expect my coach to have a relationship because he's charged me money to to, to get whatever he's getting well
1: going down this vein it's psychologists as well like charging you money to listen to you to talk to you Christianity as well. Psychologists have been looked down upon. They have, but now they're just they're being more welcome. They bring more welcome. That's what I want to say. And what do you think about psychologists in regards to coaching? Because they 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 really bring me
0: yeah. I very think, familiarity. I think psychology like there's been a taboo around it. Like you can't get psychology. Psychology is not good. Like why would you need psychology if if you have a pastor? Or why would you need psychology if you have Jesus? Why would you need psychology if you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And I think. Um, that's, that's a big mistake because the Bible tells us that all truth has been given to us through the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't annul that we need teachers. Yeah. The Bible actually says some are given to be teachers. And, and, and so it, just because we have the Holy Spirit that leads us all into all truth doesn't annul that God also uses the Holy Spirit through other people to yeah. speak into our lives. Yeah. And that includes Pastors teachers and I think that also includes psychologists who are people who a lot of them feel a calling To help people in their emotional areas in their psyche That's good. And so they have this calling to do it and and I think the best psychologist as a Christian It should share your worldview mm-hmm. and when I say about worldview I mean like they should share at least the same way you process things like for example, you have ultimate truth I have ultimate truth my ultimate truth and your ultimate truth end up aligning. But if you have an ultimate truth, let's imagine that you don't believe anything about the Bible. You don't believe anything about God. And I do. Okay. You're going to teach me how to overcome things with your basis, which is in your own strength, your own capacity, Mm -hmm. which is through the help of maybe a a neighbor. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm going to ultimately bring back no matter what strategies I have, I'm ultimately going to bring back as a Christian psychology into the worldview that is that, I believe that God ultimately will be the saving grace for all psychological issues. Amen. So I think that psychologists are actually really good. I think psychologists have definitely have a place. I think counseling and psychology is good. I think it can save a lot of people. I think it can help a lot of people. I think it can really um, prevent burnout from leaders, from pastors, Uh, But it's again, it's important to have a psychologist that shares the same worldview. It's important to understand that just like a coach, they have a specialty and they're going to refer to something like you shouldn't go to a psychologist for spiritual advice. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to discern what is spiritual and what is physical, what is mental. So a psychologist can help you break through um, thought patterns, thought habits. They can help you break through that. They can get you through some things that have to do with how you act and how you behave, why you behave. They can, they can help you see these things. But ultimately the Bible tells us that all transformation comes through the Holy spirit. So the psychologist can help, but you have to understand and separate the things. I see a psychologist a lot like a coach, but with a different specialty, they're much deeper. Obviously a coach doesn't have to get a degree. They're not specialized in, in this, in this way. I think a psychologist is much more profound as a resource, but however, I do see a psychologist as limited. I think that the ultimate understanding that's this is in us in our Christian worldview is that the Holy Spirit is going to resolve the massive issues and he's the one who leads us into all peace and all salvation and transformation. But definitely God can use psychologists to help that process along and transformation. Wow.
1: Wow. That's so good. And going back to spiritual fathers, there is a big difference between spiritual fathers and leaders in our lives, right? And more than spiritual fathers, it's in the word fathers and mothers. But what do, what would you say to those who just have leaders and don't have spiritual fathers? What would you What would you recommend I, them?
0: I would say this. I would say, don't expect every leader to be a spiritual father. Don't expect that. Yeah, because it's it's not going to happen. But for the person who is who is walking alongside of a leader, they shouldn't expect that person to be their spiritual father, but they should expect that person to be their leader. They should ex- have the expectations that are are appropriate. On a leader, on how he's gonna lead them, how he's gonna do it for whatever it is. If it's a life group leader, which is a small group, cell group. If it's a, a a network leader, if it's a leader in your job, if it's a leader anywhere, you should put the appropriate expectations on that person and understand that that person is not your spiritual father unless you really feel that connection and that's what what it's what's going on. You think you think
1: you're invited to be
0: a spiritual son
1: or you ask to be a spiritual son? What do you think is more
0: important? There can be both situations. What do you think is more appropriate? I've come to see this, right? Um, Jesus. Yeah. Right? He had 12. I wouldn't consider Judas a spiritual son. Wow. I wouldn't consider Judas a spiritual son. Mm -hmm. I would consider him a follower. I wouldn't even consider him a true disciple. Wow. I would consider him a follower. You wouldn't consider him a disciple? Following Jesus. his, His technical term is disciple right yeah. That he followed jesus right that's his technical term he's one of the 12 disciples but my question is did he really follow jesus no did he really was his heart in it like or was he expecting something else and, and we can get into that conversation but my point going back to the main thing is um his expectation on jesus his relationship with jesus wasn't that of a spiritual father i don't i don't at least i don't see that in mm-hmm. the scripture my opinion is i don't see that in scripture And so I think that it is possible. I think that Jesus called him and said, hey, look, come and walk with me. Right. And he and he cast the net. But only those who chose to be the closest to Jesus were the closest to Jesus. And we see that. And you see that with John. Right. He's sitting on his chest. You see that with John and you see that with Peter. Yeah. Like Peter made his mistakes. We we can bash on Peter all we want. Mm -hmm. Right. He denied Jesus three times, but he was the only one who said, Jesus, I won't leave you. Yeah. Like he failed. Yeah. But he still went. Yeah, and said, "Jesus, I'm I'm with you." Yeah, and he was one of the three that actually were the closest to Jesus in Scripture. The one one of the three that saw Jesus transfigured. Yeah, one of the three that were the closest that we see in Scripture with Jesus. And so we see Jesus invited everyone into the relationship, but there is a part that is, will you will you take the extra step to go deep? You determine the depth. And so I've 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 seen this in leaders and pastors that they want anyone. They don't, they're not picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, okay, I want Alberto, I want Gabriel, I want so-and-so to be the closest ones to me. Yeah. I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is, as a leader, I'm saying, look, I would like to be the spiritual father of whoever God gives to me. Yeah. I would like to lead whoever is willing to follow and if you come and you feel like this is an, uh, an organization or something God is aligning, then come and follow. Okay, come in and follow. A person says to me, hey, I want to draw close to you. I always say, great, you want to draw close to me? Let's walk close. Yeah. Let's do this. You want to do it? Let's go. Let's go. Because I'm I'm trying to, you know, I'm running. I'm going here and there. But there are people who are like, no, let me hang out with you. Let me make time. I have a, a guy, right? You know, Pedro. He, he calls me, texts me consistently. Can I go hang out? Can I go to your house? Can I go spend some time with you? Mm-hmm. I don't ask him to do that. He does that. And then people see him as close and they think Pastor Ray has a preference. Yeah. Ray likes him more than everyone else. Yeah. But that's simply not true. It's 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 both ways. I open up and I chose him because he chose me. Mm-hmm. You understand? The same way that I will choose whoever wants to come. If you want to come, come. I'm 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 open. I'm definitely open. I will go out of my way. If you say you want to come, I will go out of my way to, to meet you. Not just 50%. I'll go 60, 70% to meet you. Yeah. Like, but you have to like say, I want this because otherwise I can't just expect everyone to be my spiritual son and daughter. I have to know that God's going to give me those who are closer. Wow.
1: That's so, so good. And that's super organic, right? Yeah. just happens organically. And you mentioned something earlier about pastors trying to be coaches or acting as coaches. And where do you see when a church goes from an organism or like organic thing to an organization, like a functional, like it's all about titles and functions and uh, you have to do this and you have to grow this and it's all about numbers and it's all about, you know, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I think that the line is drawn when we take Jesus out of the center. Yeah, the line is drawn when Jesus stops being the center of what we're doing. And then we forget the why
1: mm-hmm.
0: the why is Jesus like everything that we do is because of Jesus It's for Jesus. It's by Jesus. I think the problem occurs a lot of time with a lot of people because they stop putting Jesus as the center and they start putting other things numbers growth. They start putting and none of these things are bad. I think these things are good. We should look at numbers. We should look at growth. We should desire these things. I think what is whatever is healthy will grow. But I think a lot of times what people do is they make it about all the other things and Jesus becomes a means to the end. Yeah. And I think that's the big problem. When Jesus becomes a means to the end, we've lost sight. We've yeah. lost focus. When Jesus becomes just another thing on our list, we've already messed up. We need to rip up the list because Jesus is the list. Everything is unto him. He's the center and everything is unto him. It's for him. It's by him. It's through him. And so what I think a lot of times is just becomes a means. So what does that look like? I feel like that that's when, you know, we pray to get something from God instead of praying to talk to God. Yeah. I think that's when, like, we ask, God, I want your presence in the service. But it's not because we like his presence. Yeah, it's to make us look good. It's not even to make we're... us look good. Yeah. It's so that people will feel good and they'll come back for the next service. Wow. It, it's, Jesus, I want your presence in the worship set, right? You're yeah. a worship leader. Uh-huh. Jesus, I want your presence in the worship set. It's not because you are longing and hungry and thirsty and you want to see the power in the presence of God. It's actually because you want to be known as the person who brings the presence of God. Wow. That's that's that's, that's what I think. We all do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's innocent of this. I think everybody has to fight this. Anybody who's in a position like this has to fight it. But, but I think when that becomes a habit, that's when we get these situations. Mm-hmm. These people who are coaching instead of pastoring, people who are just sh- preaching and, and talking instead of shepherding and caring. Um, I think it's when we would do that. And in the
1: long term for the church, where do you see the church going? Where do you see the church growing in this? Do you, because we believe as a church that our disciples, our members, are all ministers of the word and that they should be learning by themselves and growing. But we don't see that in every circle, in every sphere of churches. And what would you say to that? Like the growth of an individual
0: Christian in the long term, what can they do? I think, I believe, and I'm not the only one who believes this, that the future of the church belongs to present-driven churches. I heard somebody say that, and I thought it was Present so driven? good. What is that? Presence-driven churches. Presence-driven. Presence-driven churches. That the future of the church is going to be churches that value the presence of God. Yeah. That this cycle of the Western church that we've seen that has treated church like a business instead of treating church like the actual house of Jesus that's going to fall, and people are getting away from it. The statistics are already there. People are driving away from this. Volume is growing, but actual Christianity is diminishing. I believe that the final church is going to be a presence-driven, Jesus-centered church where Jesus is everything. Jesus is the most important. Jesus is all in all, and I believe that's the future, and we're going to see that in the next 10 years, maybe even five years, that churches are all going to start noticing that and shifting, and people, demographics, are going to start shifting, and I think that's going to be a great indicator that we are close to the coming of the lord that we're not just in the final moments that we're actually in the final minutes and 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 hours of jesus coming back
1: and what would you say to churches that think they can be experiencing a move of god think that they're actually doing the right thing but they're actually just unaware of what it actually looks like what can actually be like the glory of it what how do they become self-aware of that
0: i think that
1: because I've seen people think they're doing a good job. Churches that think they're doing a good job, but it's like there's so much more to experience and they think that they're...
0: That's a, I think that's a good question. I think that a church, to become self-aware that they're missing the mark is to always stop and 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 take breaks during a year, during your period, and say, what has been our focus? What have we been talking about? What are people believing? What what are we where are we going? Um, what has been our goals? What has been our reach? Where what are we moving towards? I think that those pauses and every church should do this. Every leader should do this. Those intentional pauses, those intentional moments where we stop. I think that can prevent us from burnout, from losing focus, and from missing the mark, missing the goal that God has for us. Just
1: reevaluating every couple of months.
0: It's that what you would say yeah Stop, it's stopping stopping all the way stopping like when i say stopping i mean like it's it's pe- taking a pause that's why breaks are good rests is good it's taking a pause and saying what am i doing what am i building what am i building towards what is my direction in my life like have i been have i been progressing towards it and i'm not talking about like a a lame empty nostalgia which is like trying to just think of the past all the time and being stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's more like a deep like concern like with l- what we're building. Like, hey, are we building something? Are we growing? Are we growing spiritually? Are we growing internally? And then growing is not just numerical. It's it's internal. It's like it's a depth. We're, we're seeing that we're doing that. I think that's a, a good indicator. Wow.
1: And presence-driven churches, I feel like that's when my heart burns for so much. And that I believe that's the future of churches too. And Michael Cugliano says it like this, you can't separate Jesus from his presence. Yeah. His presence is him present. Yeah. And what do you think that a presence-driven church, uh, edify, what do you think is the result of a presence-driven church in society, in our, in
0: our cities, in our schools, in our individual family lives? A presence-driven church. I think it's a church that prioritizes Jesus. Church that values him, a a church that never loses sight of him, and that's what we're doing. We're not building empires. We're not building buildings. We're not building organizations. We need those things. Like the organization serves the organism, but the organism should never just serve the organization. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean like we are a church. We need, for example, a five hundred one c three helps us so much, which is you don't know what a 501c3 is it's a tax exempt form yeah for non a, for for non-profits yeah, we non-profits. need that it helps us a lot um so we need how do you get that you got to register you got to make sure like we have a rent on the building that we're in right now yeah. right so how do you get a rent you need to have a business nobody's gonna you let you come account, in you gotta you have a bank account yeah. you need those are all organizations yeah 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 right in a service why don't we just do whatever you know like why aren't we crazy we're charismatic right mm-hmm. we believe in the move of the holy spirit why don't we just go wild because we believe that there is some order to what needs to happen. You know, like if Jesus wants to jump in, he can jump in. And any moment we give him the room and yeah. we're always stopping and evaluating, are we giving the Holy Spirit room? Yeah. So if worship like starts to flow and the presence of God starts to move, we're not going to be there trying to cut it mm-hmm. where if we're seeing that God is doing something, there's a genuine move. We're going to let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't mind. I'm the, I'm the lead pastor. I don't mind if I don't preach. Mm hmm. And we just go straight into the worship. Some pastors have right a, real, a lot of problems with that. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen people like in the... And we're just like, come gone. on, bro. <laughs> gone. Gone. 100%. So we, we have to be sensitive to that. But, but why are we organized? Because although that would be great if that happened every single time, every yeah. single moment, all the time, God also respects our organization. Mm-hmm. Like God respects organization and his presence. He, he puts his presence in a way that respects it. Yeah. So an example, a biblical example of this, I think is is David when he's bringing the ark. The ark represents the presence. David is carrying the ark. David is doing what the Lord loves. Lord loved David for this. It says not he, only he loved, he liked David for this, yeah. which is because David wanted to bring the presence of God back to the center. Look look at this wonderful beautiful goal, right? Yeah. Anybody who's charismatic, anybody who's pentecostal, yeah. anybody who's who loves spirit-driven stuff, would be like dude David got it amazing whoa and i and i think he got it okay but he's bringing the presence back but then he does it in a way that's not organized and what happens is the ark falls somebody tries to catch it right uza tries to yeah. catch it uza dies come on man uza dies pay attention what killed uza it was that David didn't value the organization that god had established yeah He didn't value what God had had established. You were supposed to carry the ark on your shoulders and and with poles. He carried it on a cart. Who who carried it on a cart? Where did he learn that? The Bible says that the first people to put the ark on, on the cart was the Philistines. Wow. And so he actually was copying the Philistines, the, pagans. The, the people who didn't know God. They didn't know anything. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the scripture. They didn't have the Pentateuch to read and to understand what God had determined about the Ark yeah. in, in in the books of the Pentateuch. And so they did it wrong. And nobody died because they didn't make any mistake in that, in that process. He copied them and somebody ended up dying because he didn't do it the way that God wanted yeah. him to do it. So I think that we have to be sensitive. Organization is not a hindrance. Organization should serve. Us so having an introduction, having a a list of songs that we're going to sing that's going to be consistent that everyone can expect, having a a rough number of minutes that a a message is going to always fit into that helps. That that actually makes people more excited to come. But the problem is if we only value that, and that becomes our priority, and then we limit the Holy Spirit and His unorthodox ways. Many times we put Him in a box then we're going to miss out on what God wants to do. And I think the present driven church is a church that is not the crazy Pentecostal wild church. You know, the presence driven church will be the church that understands organization, but values presence over organization and has organization, but at the same time also is sensitive to whatever the Holy spirit wants to do when he wants to do it. Wow. And I think I have a last question. Yeah. All right. We'll end with this. For us to end with
1: this. It's, it's a, I don't know if it's going to be a long answer or a short answer from you, but do you think the traditional way of doing a service, you know, the, the intro, somebody comes up, reads a verse, the band goes on, we sing, somebody comes up, does a tithing offering sermon, we sing again, service ends. you think that traditional format of doing service will soon change? Are you looking to change some of that, or would you be interested in changing the flow of service, making it more open, making it... What do you What do you have to say about that?
0: I think that the liturgy right that's what it's called the liturgy of service which is songs sermon altar call roughly around there and you throw tithes and offering somewhere mm-hmm. okay um that liturgy it's something that's been passed on from generations and it, we see that like the the, the bible gives us glimpses into the New Testament church, doing that. So the Bible says that when they would gather, they would sing songs and hymns, mm-hmm. right? That's where we get the fact that we gather together to sing, right? Um, Hebrews says, "Let our evening sacrifice be the lifting of our hands," right? Calling back to Psalms, like our hands are sacrificed to God. Like we can lift our hands in our songs. Give your bodies a living sacrifice, and that's a living sacrifice in, in Romans, and that's pointing to the the reality that is the the truth that we can worship jesus and we can offer him a a sacrifice not the sacrifice that we need that he did the sacrifice that was for salvation but a sacrifice that's an offering it's an offering sacrifice we do that with worship the bible also tells us that the disciples would gather everyone and and teach that the apostles would do that so teaching is found in the church service singing is found in the church service that's kind of where we get our liturgy from yeah and i think gk chesterton he says this he says um, don't roughly don't don't take down a fence without knowing why the fence has been put up in the first place Yeah, I, I say it like this imagine that there's a fence and you buy a house I don't know what that fence for like ah, I don't like that fence You take it down without asking why it's there You find out that there's a bunch of tigers and that fence separated the tigers from your backyard Now you have a bunch of tigers in your backyard. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that You should ask why I'm not saying that we should keep all the fences that we have which point to the the tradition. I'm not saying we should just keep all the tradition and just leave it, because there's traditions that can change. Yeah, But I'm saying ask why we have the tradition, why we do things. So if if the preaching is before the the, the the worship or the preaching is after the worship or there's services where we just sing and we don't preach, or there's, this would be a crazy one. If we just have a service where we just preach, no songs Yeah, at all. That wouldn't be bad. That, you that'd think that would be bad? I, I don't know. I feel like for me as a pastor, I like worship because it gets people connected and in the spirit. Open and open connected. and then the message comes to 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 encounter them with something. Yeah, but more. I've seen
1: I've seen Judah Smith come up preach and then the worship is afterwards and
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can. That stuff is interchangeable. Yeah. That stuff is, is interchangeable. The the point is that we are gathering together as the body and we're breaking bread. We're we're having fellowship. That's important. That we are in the apostles' doctrine, which is preaching and teaching. That's important. And that we're singing songs and hymns, which is songs. Now, the order of all of that, like here, 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 point, 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 point. I think that's interchangeable. I think anybody can decide that. I think we can figure that out. But I think that the main thing needs to be the main thing, which is that we are focusing. We are or focusing on the presence of God, gathering together, be with, being with God, being God-focused, being God-centered, being Jesus-focused. But up to that, I think that... Many churches might change that up. Yeah, I like the way it is. I think it's cool. Uh, But I I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if we worshipped more and I didn't preach. But if the Holy Spirit was getting there, Uh, yeah, yeah, I would hope that the worship team wouldn't mind if the Holy Spirit just said, "No, you're just preaching. You're not. We're not singing to that at all." I wouldn't mind, and I think we should be open. I think presence. I'm open. I think presence-driven churches should be open to that. Wow, open to change and open to the yeah. We should think why why we're doing it. What's the reason? But we should be open.
1: Wow, and that was awesome
0: <laughs> <laughs> first episode in the bag come on come on pakistan is in the bag, <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> i know that is a great video um but yeah first episode done bro wow. thank you so much bro no problem thank you I for hope, having me and and to everyone listening i hope that you guys enjoyed this first episode this is a test we're, we're trying things out but i hope that you enjoyed i hope that you like this i hope that you're edified that you're blessed and and not only that but i hope that you actually have fun and enjoy that this is yeah. enjoyable conversations and not just boring, monotonous stuff, but stuff that actually is relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, thank you for having me, Pastor. Yeah, it's awesome. N- number one Christian lifestyle. I just kidding. Number one Christian <laughs> podcast in the world. Just Everybody kidding. has a podcast. Just, podcast. Just, just kidding. But guys, stay tuned. It's awesome. We're so happy. And yeah, God bless y'all. See you guys. Episode two.
1: See y'all. <laughs>